$100 million negligence suit he'd filed would come up for trial next year, but there was no satisfaction in his attorney's assurance of success. A million, a billion, so what? The money could never replace his wife and unborn son. He could have saved Daphne. Of that he was sure, even with crude instruments, even airborne, and he could have gone with her on that trip to see her parents, but he'd stayed behind in Boston to work. He had been stupid and selfish, and now he was alone and fired and coming apart. Brian jumped to his feet and began pacing, an array of thoughts cascading through his mind, including a useless urge to call Rebecca, his first wife, now remarried and living in Newport, Connecticut. She would be underwhelmed by such a call, though not unreceptive. She expected him to fail. He'd been a long-term disappointment to her, a project she couldn't complete. Rebecca Cunningham, the beautiful, educated debutante from a proper, moneyed New England family, had been raised a door pragmatist, and the young M.D. she'd brought home for her parents' inspection so many years ago held promise only if she could mold him into the dutiful image of her father, a tenured professor of medicine at Harvard. Brian should plan to practice for ten years, she decreed, before entering academic medicine as a professor. He should publish. He should speak. He should smoke a pipe and be interested in long evenings of polite conversation. He should learn to regard the word fun as slightly subversive as she'd been taught. But Rebecca hadn't counted on her new husband having a fun-loving nature. Such things were irresponsible and clearly unacceptable, and in the end she'd decreed the project a failure by divorcing him. Daphne had blown into his life five years after the divorce like a Caribbean zephyr, inspiring a renaissance and waking a sleeping heart. She was a starry-eyed romantic with a Ph.D., a true bohemian in designer dresses to whom all things were possible and beautiful, and she liked him just as he was. He had fallen for her, absolutely, utterly, shudderingly in love with the very idea of her. Brian glanced over quickly at the portrait of her he'd centered over the formal couch. Daphne stood there among the flowers of her garden, the petite vixen who loved being in love, and to whom sex was language and light. Brian, the unchangeable, had become a bumbling puppy, falling all over himself to please her, and he was amazed that all she wanted was him in his original state. In the three years of their marriage, life had blossomed from a duty to a wild joy, and whereas Rebecca had held pregnancy at bay pending Brian's probation during what he used to sneer was the Federal Reconstruction of Brian Project, Daphne wanted children as soon as possible. Brian forced himself from the chair and wandered absently into the kitchen, spotting a forgotten airline ticket on the table. He'd agreed months ago to do a surgical lecture series in Cape Town, South Africa, and he was supposed to leave from Boston's airport in two days. These were the tickets, and there was no point in canceling with a fat fee involved, especially since he'd be needing it while looking for another hospital to take him in. The need to do something propelled him back to the coffee grinder to start a fresh pot, a ritual as comforting and familiar as scrubbing before surgery. His hands went through the motions automatically, the aroma barely registering as the coffee pot filled. He poured a cup and sat heavily at the table, flipping absently through the airline ticket, reading everything on it with the desperation of an early riser studying the fine print on a cereal box. He was on Virgin Atlantic from Boston to London, but on the London to Cape Town leg, his office manager had booked him on Meridian Airlines. Oh, God, no, Brian thought, jumping to his feet as he held the offending ticket at arm's length. He could feel his heart racing. Meridian was the airline that had killed his wife and son twelve months before. There was no way. A handwritten note had been stuffed in the envelope, and he found it now and opened it. Dr. Logan, Virgin Atlantic doesn't fly to Cape Town. 
I'm really, really sorry, but there were no other seats available on anything but Meridian, and I snagged the last one. So it's Virgin to London. Stay overnight, then Meridian to Cape Town. He wadded up the note and threw it at the wall, watching the crumpled paper fall short, just as his life was falling short of the acceptable. He would have to endure it, but it meant surviving for ten hours in the belly of a beast he wanted badly to gut. Brian had prayed for Meridian's bankruptcy, and even, much to his own horror, found himself turning on the network morning shows each day, hoping for pictures of smoking wreckage with the Meridian logo clearly in view. The thought sickened the part of him that remained calm and reasoned, but incited a riot among the other facets of his personality. The need to hurt them, to retaliate, to extract the rawest form of revenge was almost consuming, and now— Dr. Brian Logan felt a sudden stillness descend over him like a dark veil of impenetrable rage, and for the first time since Daphne's death his mind became quiet and cold and calculating, and within that whirlpool of inchoate pain the horror of the impending...